Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordan Searles. And I'm Kirk Cameron. Have you heard that Jesus died for your marriage? <laughs> he died specifically <laughs> to save your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Kyle Calgren filling in for uh, Bronwyn Isaac. Uh, and we well, watched... I mean, this is one where I'm glad that I can do it with you because we are in a committed relationship and this is a movie about a marriage and we are engaged. So I feel... Yeah, the nice preview of coming attractions. Yes. So the film of this week... Which I think is going to be the last episode of the year. Yikes. Um, last episode of the decade. Last episode of the decade. Last episode of the year. Fireproof from 2008. Brought to you by the Kendrick Brothers. Now, if you don't know much about Christian cinema, which... You shouldn't. It's fine. Like, you don't necessarily need to. The Kendrick Brothers are giant figures they are from athens georgia so yes they're they're my fault kind of <laughs> uh i mean also rem is from georgia white people um they are i i kind of feel like this is the movie that made the kendrick brothers a gigantic deal it is one of the highest grossing christian films of all time actually let me get that number this was a hit this was a hit. This was a hit, especially in my hometown of Augusta, Georgia. This movie was made for $500,000, and it made $33.5 at the box office. It, it does look cheap. It does look like they had a, a very limited number of locations they could get to. Well, I mean, Christian cinema in general is not generally big budget. I mean, I think that it's moving towards that way now, but that definitely wasn't the case in 2008. And thanks to <laughs> how well this film did, it made Christian films profitable again. Oh, God, is this movie... This is the one that did it. So... The Left Behind series, is that this movie's fault? I mean, it... it, it, it was it, Left Behind before or after this? I want to say after. It's after. I mean, mm -hmm. this is all kind of like a domino effect. Actually, maybe... No, I don't know. Maybe the first Left Behind movie was before this. I think it was. Um, hmm. But anyway... Uh, so the Kendrick brothers are probably most known for doing War Room, which we've not done on the podcast yet, but we might. Which and for was, those not in the know, what's War Room? War Room is a very similar plot to this one where it's a man and a woman, like their marriage is failing, but in War Room, it's a black couple and the black woman is trying to save her marriage while the husband isn't really doing anything. And the War Room is like where the room that she goes to pray for her marriage because it's a war to save her marriage, even though her husband's not that interesting. Anyway, it was made for $3 million and made $74 million, so. Wow, okay, so how does George <laughs> Stephanopoulos fit into that? What? Oh, sorry, I was confusing this with the 1993 documentary The War Room about no. Bill Clinton's campaign for president of the United yeah, States. Well, it's definitely not that. <laughs> so, 
Kendrick Brothers and uh, together with Sir Kirk Cameron. The Sir Kirk Cameron. Sir Kirk Cameron. The <laughs> Captain Kirk. The, fir- the first man of Christianity. He <laughs> he started it. It, it will. It was nothing without him. It was nothing before him. I mean, that's what he would say anyway. Yeah, he probably would. <laughs> uh, his first Left Behind movie was in two thousand one. He oh, is wow. Okay, so yeah, yeah. He is, there were three of them, all directed by. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I thought they were all directed by the same person, but they're not. Anyway, three Left Behind movies. <laughs> Left Behind, the movie 2001, Left Behind 2, Tribulation Force 2002, Left Behind 3, World at War. So those are the three movies that he made directly before Fireproof. Um, Delightful. And, you know, of course, he went on to do uh, Kirk Cameron's Saving Christmas, which is oh God. a <laughs> barely a movie, really. Um, and it's like a justification for why we have presents at Christmas and why it's okay to spend a lot of money at Christmas it's because that's how, what Christmas is all about, about, Charlie Brown. It's about how capitalism and Christmas are the exact same thing. Oh, uh, oh there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there aren't really a lot of... He's the biggest name in this because he was in Growing Pains. Um, like, unfortunately... I mean, I'm kind of glad that he's the biggest name in this. The actress who plays his wife is Erin Bethia, Bethy, Erin. But anyway, she also Christian movie lady. Also notable um, as his other wife, uh, Chelsea Noble, his um, wife's body double. Because Kirk Cameron will not kiss anyone who is not his wife. I'm sure. And I'm there sure. is one kiss in this movie. It's the it's at the climax. It's shot in wide. Um, the woman's face is obscured, so Kirk Cameron... Can will, kiss his wife. Can yeah. kiss his wife on screen. Yes, this actress, this poor actress, her first movie was, a, was another Kendrick Brothers movie, Facing the Giants. So this is a Christian woman. Oh, yeah, she was also in the movie Christian Mingle. <laughs> huh. A movie that I have seen. So, yes, this is a Christian actress. And... <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that Chelsea Noble is still married to Kurt Cameron. I feel like I feel like she's going to be looking for her way out eventually. Uh, let's see. What? Are you sure their marriage isn't fireproof? <laughs> right, okay, that's like the big metaphor of the movie. It's making your marriage fireproof because Kurt Cameron plays Caleb Holt, a firefighter. Okay, so he's a firefighter. He hates his wife. He well, he's, he he despises her. He's the fire chief, actually. Yes, he's the the fire captain, if you will. And this is a film about saving his marriage, a film in which his wife, he and his wife barely share the screen together. And in every scene that they are in together, he is yelling at her. For like really dumb reasons, too. Mm. Like she lit a scented candle in the house and he put it out. She she ate the pizza before he got home. You didn't leave pizza for me. This this. Candle lighting, pizza eating harlot. <laughs> no, and but really, I, 
it, yes, they don't have a lot of screen time together. You think that would be the reason that their marriage is falling apart? They just don't spend enough time together because she's a nurse. She, yeah. And so they just, their schedules don't overlap a lot. She's a nurse. He's a fire captain. And all of his contact with her, there's a movie um, that I watched recently uh, that was, it was like a Christian film that I watched at Indie Memphis. And it was about, women in abusive relationships and like Christianity oh. and how that kind of like, uh, how they intersect. It's very much like intro to Christian feminism, which I know seems funny to a lot of people, but you know, Christian women need feminism too. And I'm fine with that. Everyone um, does. But it's interesting. A lot of Kirk Cameron's interactions with her are like, almost they look exactly like the interactions in this movie it's almost like uh the filmmaker who made this movie whose name i'm going to look up because i feel bad um because it's a good movie watched fireproof and was just like absolutely not <laughs> yeah we're kirk, gonna fix this <laughs> yeah uh kirk cameron is just terrifying in this movie he is, he, he's he, constantly screaming about not being respected yeah he's constantly talking about respect he's constantly talking about his dinner um and it's just like <laughs> it's so strange where's my dinner where's my respect it's just textbook abuse of husbandship. like it's like those like jokes that that guys made in like high school, middle school about like, Oh, where's the, where's the woman to give me a sandwich? Oh, is God. the woman going to give me a sandwich? Like, but it's, it's fine because he's talking about pizza, not sandwiches. It's Give me a sandwich. But like, it's not a joke. Yeah. <laughs> he's not joking. And we haven't even mentioned the many scenes of him going out to the backyard and hitting his trash can with a baseball bat. Because he can't hit his wife on screen. Oh my god, that but is... But he clearly wants to. It's just, it is... It is terrifying. I just, I don't know if Kirk Cameron realizes how he's coming off. Then again, I worry that may be the point. Because, you know, it is supposed to show him as a sinner. And, you know, we are all sinners in the eyes of God, yada yada. Okay, and the... we all deserve forgiveness if we, you know, seek the Lord and yada yada. Okay, so the film that I was referring to is called No Ordinary Love, and it's directed by China Robinson. And it's, I, I don't know, like, if anything has happened with distribution yet, but if you do get an opportunity to watch No Ordinary Love, and you are a Christian, you should. Because it's just essentially, it's like a story about a black woman is being abused in her marriage physically and she goes to church and like it, for guidance. And there's the white woman who is the, um, the wife of the pastor. Mm. And usually the wife of the pastor gives counseling services. And so she goes to see the, the wife of the pastor who's white and the husband, which is white. So it's like this black family and this white family in juxtaposition and as this white woman is trying to help this black woman out of her abusive marriage, she, the white woman realizes that she is also in an abusive marriage. It's a verbal one, though. Mm -hmm. And she doesn't like it's like she learns that it is abuse like during it, which I think is really, really interesting huh. and smart because, you know, you learn what abuse is often through being abused. That's how I learned what abuse is. And it was, and if it wasn't for abuse, I wouldn't have read up on it. 
And if it, you know, and then I wouldn't have been able to find feminism because me getting abused is like a direct line from that to feminism. And I'm not saying, you know, I'm glad that it happened. I'm saying I'm glad that I understand this about the world now. Um, And so it's a really interesting movie in the sense that you find out that even though she's giving counseling services, she doesn't have the language for how she's being treated. But the way that her husband treats her is exactly the same as Kirk Cameron does. He comes home and he expects dinner and he gets angry about dinner. He'll come home and he'll be like, it is seven o'clock. Where is the dinner? And then he's talking about how a husband is supposed to be respected, how he's supposed to be treated in his home. The fact that he has owed sex, which is also what Kirk Cameron is doing. Uh-huh. And at some point, the husband buys the wife a book on how to be a more subservient Christian wife. Um. <laughs> <clears throat> so I almost feel like that movie is a response to this movie because all of this behavior is abuse and it's not called abuse for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I it it's really upsetting to me because the thing about it is is that it's a movie where you do not want him to get the girl. <laughs> no. You it, do like, not. <laughs> you're just constantly hoping for um uh what's her name? Catherine. I think the ca- name's character's character's name is Catherine. Um you want her to get out. Like the movie gives right. you so many reasons for her to get out. Like it, it actually there's sets like, her. There's like a nice doctor who, yeah. who um, like flirts with her and listens to her and is kind to her. And he's supposed to be the bad rival that we're not supposed to like, but he's perfectly nice. And I wonder if the movie is just like, it does not matter how nice a man is. If he is not your husband, you shouldn't give him any attention, but I disagree. Yeah. If your husband is mean as hell, I <laughs> like I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you to go. Like Kyle, if you were mean as hell, you'd want me to go, right? <laughs> yeah, I would want to, you know, check myself and work on my issues and you know do some self-reflection. I just everything he does, I mean, even his motivation for, you know, preventing the divorce, it doesn't seem like he actually loves her or even likes her he it just seems like he's worried about losing something that is his well i think in terms of i mean in this i was raised christian but i'm not anymore so i i mean my opinions on it might be skewed a bit but it what it seems like is that a good christian man has a job a wife and a home and losing the wife is like it's like something's there's something amiss so i think in his mind and in the mind of the christian male preservation of the home is more important than passion is more important than love is more important than sexual gratification preservation of the home above all things um, yeah, you see that in a lot of like uh, traditional Christian families. Like they, they call their wives, you know, the old ball and chain. They make jokes about how you're like, you know, trapped for life. It's just this joyless obligation to some higher spiritual duty. 
rather than, you know, an expression of love for a person that you want to spend your, the rest of your life with. And I'm sorry that I keep on mentioning other movies, but I do want people to know that uh, I... No, please mention other movies. I don't want to think about this movie too well, much. Well, I want people to understand that I, uh, that I actually watch Christian movies, like, of my own volition, not just to make fun of them. And so I pay attention a lot to see, like, which ones are interesting. Like, I really like No Ordinary Love because it essentially... Uh, subverts the Adam's rib understanding that woman is of man and woman was created to serve man, which is very mm. clearly like a lot of what's going on in the background of fireproof, whether they say it explicitly or not. But, um, there is another film called higher ground, um, directed by directed by and starring Vera Formica, which is actually really fucking good. And I wish more people had watched it. It's one of the best films of the decade, in my opinion. Uh, and it's about a woman in a Christian fundamentalist society. And she's just like, essentially like she got pregnant young and she's in the society and she got married young. And it's like, she's in her thirties, knocking on 40, trying to figure out what her desires actually are uh-huh. and her in like her marriage is falling apart. But there's a really interesting thing in this society. Like it's very toxic in a lot of ways that there's a scene where they're all in like sexual counseling. And essentially it's like, then if you want to preserve your marriage, you have to learn how to please your wife. And there's a bunch mm. of like Christian men sitting in a circle talking about sex and it's great and there needs to be more of that <laughs> like because i i and that's kind of what this movie needs because the other thing is that he has a porn addiction the movie won't say that's what it is but it's very clear that he's, he's mean, on the computer all the he's time mean to his wife and he has a porn addiction yep. and he mentions that she does not do her wifely duties uh duties yes her wifely duties Mm-hmm. Which is sex is not a duty. You should not treat it as a duty ever. <laughs> yeah. If it's a duty, you're doing it wrong. Right. Well, I think it, it's it's from this idea that like women don't enjoy sex. Women enjoy romance. And you see uh-huh. this like they have these problems in her marriage, but their marriage. But you never see the wife like being like uh, you know we need to spice it up a little why don't we go like i wouldn't go want to go into the bedroom with him either but it is interesting that she never brings it up she never talks about how she's not getting pleasure it's just about him not getting pleasure well there is that whole scene where she's with her girlfriends uh like where she's talking about how abusive she doesn't use the word abuse obviously of course yeah but she is talking about how he um you know belittles her and doesn't listen to her and you know it's She's not getting her emotional needs met, but she never talks about her own sexual needs. No, never. Uh, And, you know, that's not even getting into how all of the women around her only exist to talk about Turk Cameron. (laughs) Just her and her flock of Bechtel test flunkers. It's it's very interesting because when she starts flirting with the doctor, they have very chaste, very polite conversation. Like, even the most... It could be a Christian movie on its own. Even the most, like... Staunch Christian people couldn't look at the way that they're talking and just be like, wow, there's something wrong. Like he's just being polite. He's not even 
like asking her out. Like he's just being nice and listening to her. You like mm-hmm. you can like he could have easily just been a platonic male friend and acted the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It's really strange that he's considered to be a rival. And like when Kirk Cameron does like uh you know get in that guy's face and try to like be like this is my wife it's never about what he likes about his wife it's never about like does he say anything positive about her i don't i don't think so i i mean i'm trying to remember the scene where he confronts the guy but yeah it's just it does come across as you know mine woman mine girl my property well you see it's a sin to covet your neighbor's wife and so i essentially think that he was just rolling up on dude to be like you know this is a sin right Uh uh-huh like and i think that's really the beginning and the end of it like i don't think that it was anything else except saying oh my god you are sinning it's like maybe this doctor is like Jewish. Maybe this doctor is agnostic. You telling him that he's sinning doesn't mean shit. And also he's not sinning. Like mm-hmm. coveting. Like coveting is very uh <laughs> what's the language? It's very like a not mm-hmm. really clear language. Like It's archaic. It's archaic language. Like I feel like covet meant fuck. <laughs> like I feel like it meant in the Bible, it meant fuck. Which wait, means wait, no, no, no! It can't be that because the tenth commandment is, "Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's ox." <laughs> which okay, yeah, that's also bad. But um, <laughs> well, maybe that means don't. Maybe that means don't steal it. Like <laughs> I just don't. I and just, don't fuck it. I just feel like it's just talking about fucking and like that's not what's happening here thou shalt not admire thy neighbor's wife like she's not but it's also a sin to spill thy seed upon the dusty ground i believe which is what he's doing with internet pornography (laughs) i believe that's the language that the bible uses (laughs) (laughs) it has been a while since i was you know went to a christian school um, in element, elementary school, I went to a Christian school. I, <laughs> <laughs> um, this is before Kirk Cameron became like, you know, the Kirk Cameron we know and loathe today. Kirk Cameron. Okay. I mean, do you just want to, let's just talk about Kirk Cameron for a little bit. What a monster, right? Yes. Okay. Like, so what for a those who disaster. Don't know, so for those who aren't like aware of 1980s American pop culture, there was a sitcom called Growing Pains where he where Kirk Cameron played the young, cool guy who gets into trouble at school. And um, he apparently found Jeebus uh, while he was working on that show. He started berating his other cast members for not following the word of the Lord and even got a co-star fired because she did a Playboy spread. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what's the plot of this movie? It really isn't like it's like it's trying to make a connection between the fires. Like there's a whole thing at the beginning where 
Wayne, the best character. All oh, right, Wayne, the firefighter. Wayne, oh man! Well, like you first see Wayne, he's checking himself out in the mirror, and he's like, you're talking about fucking how cool. Like fucking he's talk- love Wayne. Just like he's talking some girl up at a club. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I'm like Wayne. I know that Wayne is supposed to be a sinner. I'm sure the sin is like vanity or whatever. But guess yeah. what? I'm not a Christian anymore, and Wayne is fucking awesome. I would fuck the shit out of Wayne. Which is weird because the movie clearly hates him. The movie hates him, but I love him. He seems nice. And also, he's probably talking to himself all the time because everyone around him is so fucking boring. Yeah, or, you know, <laughs> openly being a dipshit to him. Like uh, when, like in the whole bet, the Tabasco sauce Oh bet, my God, that's so... Where, like, <laughs> Kirk Cameron challenges Wayne to um, a dare where they can see who can chug a bottle of hot sauce the fastest. And Kirk Cameron wins by swapping out his hot sauce with tomato juice. What a fucking punk. Yes. Um, so apparently Wayne, his whole thing is that he leaves. There's there's a black gentleman who's also only in Christian films. and He's there to provide moral support and, you know, be the good Michael, Christian. That's Michael. That's Michael. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's that Wayne, like, leaves Michael. And then um, Kirk Cameron gives him, like, this speech. It's like, you never leave your partner you never desert your partner and like he says that at the beginning so that you know throughout the film that he that that's a thing for that's like some kind of um it's a metaphor for marriage except that the thing about (laughs) i I don't know why i'm like uh stumbling over my words this movie is so stupid um the problem is is that kurt cameron and his wife are not partners. No. <laughs> They're not partners. That's not what that word They're means. not even treating each other like equals. Well, no. sorry, he is not treating her like an equal. She is a house servant. Yes. She is a house and fuck servant. They are not partners. If they were partners, then Fireproof wouldn't even be a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, you know, the movie expects this to happen. Um, there's a whole... So the plot gets kicked off when Kirk Cameron's dad uh, takes him out to this little uh, forest with a cross in the middle of it, because, you know, that exists. Um, And they just stand under the cross and talk about, you know, being a good husband and... Sorry, they don't talk about being a good husband, but... um, Cut this part out. Uh... They talk about the things that you need to do to keep your marriage alive, and he gives them a book with things to do, like a do this every day for the next 40 days and you will love your wife more. And so he reads it and he just does this like performative stuff. It's really basic stuff. Don't talk back to your wife. Don't insult her. Buy her flowers every now and then. Cook her a meal, which he does do performatively. But yeah, the thing about it is that he does it like he's waiting for recognition and yeah. when he does not get it he fucking instead of doing it for its own sake out like there's a scene where he actually like takes care of her while she's sick and she is so shocked that she doesn't trust it like she's like bracing herself I'm like sorry, he's going I'm s- to poison her I, I need to mention this <laughs> he takes care of her while she's sick she's in bed he brings her food in bed and the food he brings is Chick-fil-A. <laughs> the food that he brings to heal his wife is Chick-fil-A. I mean, 
I cannot let this go uncommented what on. What <laughs> better advertising for Chick-fil-A than to have Kurt Cameron show up in it? Listen, like... If like, Chick-fil-A be the food of love... Listen, uh, last time I checked, Chick-fil-A doesn't have soup. So <laughs> <laughs> I just... <laughs> <laughs> I like I've like, well, you've just, never had a chicken sandwich cure a fever. <laughs> like that's in the Bible, book of I just made it up, verse I just made it up. <laughs> like I just tried to imagine a situation where <laughs> I was sick and I wanted a breaded chicken sandwich. <laughs> I don't even think she opens like the bag. No, she just, of course not. He brings not. in the bag with the Chick Fil A. There's logo nothing on in the. It. There is nothing in the bag. You know that, right? There's oh, no, totally, absolutely totally. nothing she in does, that bag. You know, there is a shot where she <laughs> drinks the the drink that she gets, so you can see the Chick Fil A logo on the cup. Uh, see, and I don't <laughs> think that she's drinking anything either. There's oh a, yeah. In, in Kirk Cameron saving Christmas, <laughs> one of the most amazing things about it is that he's sipping from an empty cup. He's sipping from an empty mug and calling it cocoa. In the he's not even sipping in a way that would make you believe that there's liquid in it. I, <laughs> it's so I've stared at it like it's so strange. Like just put some fucking on Gilmore Girls. You know they drank a lot of coffee, but be, but so the character so that the actors didn't actually have to drink as much coffee. They put Coca-Cola in the cup sometimes. Like, just put something in there. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just, weird. It's, it's basic, like, it's basic acting. I mean, just, you know, pretending that something is, like, tasting when it's not, or pretending that something is heavy when it's not, like, that's basic object work. <laughs> that's, like, first day of acting school. I also just, like, love this idea that they just got <laughs> some Chick-fil-A and it wasn't the real thing. Like, you can <laughs> um, no, but they got the Chick-fil-A yeah. logo on screen and therefore it's fine. I mean, they 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 did what they had to do, I guess. <laughs> um <laughs> oh, okay, and that is and that is still the nicest thing that he does for her. He yeah. Okay, I guess not the nicest thing, but the big thing Also, that, like, can we talk about all yep. of the black women in this movie who yes. work at the hospital and their whole thing is just to like look in on the white people's business and say things like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That Kirk Cameron sure is a bad one, mm-hmm. <laughs> also, also, he's... <laughs> I mean, you'll see this in Christian movies. Christian movies act like they don't know who black people are. Even like war, <laughs> even like War Room, which is starring black people, has like <laughs> has like a weird understanding of how black people act. I would say that it is incorrect, personally. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know what it is about it. Maybe that's why Christian movies like I uh, Christian people, Christian movies. You know what would be great, actually. If one of these white Christian movies, they're just watching a Tyler Perry movie. That's the kind of representation <laughs> I want. But no, um, what I was thinking about is that when I was uh, trying to get recruited into First Baptist Church, and don't ask which one, there are a million First Baptist Church. I'd love to do like a, a, like a survey of how many churches called First Baptist. There's no Second Baptist. It's First Baptist all across oh my the God. fucking we country. Would, honey, honey, we should start it. 
<laughs> Second Baptist Church. We would get so much money. We'd be tax exempt. <laughs> we can start doing prosperity gospel shit. Oh my God. No, what if we just like opened up a church and just showed like repertory films there? Oh God. Like a church cum theater. Yes. Cinema. A church cinema. Um, so. And then we could sneak in like, I don't know, Rob Zombie on certain days so to I was, prank people. <laughs> I was getting recruited into Christianity for a little bit because I had left the church and they were just like, no, come back. Uh, and and I remember this white church lady was trying to relate to me and she was and she does it by saying, hey, do you do you like Tyler Perry? <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, God, this is that's the kind of that's the kind of racial outreach so can we talk about how kirk cameron shot so many scenes of him being awesome he's saving up for a boat also right he's saving up for a boat which is a very manly thing so that he can call it like some female name and he can talk about fucking it but yeah, yeah there's also a lot of like he's oh yeah he saves a woman's life he saves two women's life uh, the woman in the car and the woman and the little girl in the uh burning building he saves a little girl from a burning building by, you know, chopping through the floor and crawling out, and it's very heroic. And then there's another scene where some woman is trapped in a car that is somehow stuck on the railroad tracks. <laughs> like, in a goddamn silent movie, he has to get a woman off the railroad tracks before the train comes. Like, some, as if some guy with a handlebar mustache and a top hat put the car there. It's like, exactly. The thing is, is that when you're driving over the train tracks, you're driving over the train tracks. <clears throat> the car would not be on the tracks entirely. Like, the car would should have been easier to push because it should have already been trying to go over the tracks. I don't even drive! I mean, the whole scene is set up like... Like, they clearly had a, ding, a pre-dinged-up car with dents just randomly put in it yep. and they moved the car onto the train tracks they did and, and they you just can't possibly like back engineer the accident <laughs> that would possibly lead to this comically <laughs> melodramatic scenario where this screaming woman is caught on the railroad tracks with an oncoming train so he can just dudley do right the car off the off the track Also, anyway, uh, <laughs> uh, there's also another uh, connection to No Ordinary Love. I really need to email the director of No Ordinary Love and ask her if she was trying to like roast fireproof because good for her. Because it's mm -hmm. another thing where the abusive husband in No Ordinary Love and spoiler alert for No Ordinary Love, the husband. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I laughing? Mm -hmm. The uh, husband. Clearly, the, it's funny. The no, it's not. Uh, oh, okay. Okay, uh, no, I'm not. No, I'm not going to spoil it. But the husband in No Ordinary Love and Kurt Cameron both have a habit of yelling at their mothers and telling their mothers to leave the room or to shut up. Oh, yes, yes, yes. He yes. does. <laughs> he he clearly just hates women in general. He and like and like the dad. His dad has to constantly be like respect. Be your, nice to your mom. Respect your mother, and it's like it's so wild to me. 
that <laughs> that he that this is the woman that see, took care of you. But you see, he needs to do that so we can set up the big emotional reveal at the end. I just want to know this this concept of Christian men who don't respect their mothers because maybe it's because I'm from the South. But whenever I see it in movies, and it's two movies now that I've seen it, I get incredibly mad. Respect mm. your motherfucking mom unless she abused you, in which case don't. But <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Kurt Cameron's character isn't abused. He just hates women for some reason. No, but you see, he has to be mean to his mom because at the end, the dad reveals that his mom did the whole 40 day good deed challenge Christian thing <laughs> on him. And that leads, you know, Kirk Cameron to hug his mom and say that he's sorry. And that clearly makes up for what's probably years of, you know, being a dick to his mom. The thing about the parents, though, is that they actually like give off the air of people that have been fucking for decades. <laughs> like, they actually seem like, you know, human beings, whereas I don't believe that Kirk Cameron has ever had sex in this movie or in life. Like, the fact that he has children. He has, like, six kids, I think. And the, the idea Okay, he's of, definitely had sex. I doubt he has ever given a person an orgasm. What is sex with Kirk Cameron like? It's like, gotta be hellish, right? Like, it's just those eyes staring at you as he just, like, jackhammers in and, like, is Ugh. talking about respect. You mm. respect this dick. <laughs> <laughs> oh... oh. Mental image. Mm. <laughs> I will not be left behind. Uh, cut also, that joke out. Also, no, cut, sorry, honey, cut that joke I out. I'm not. I'm embarrassed. No, I'm, I'm embarrassed I made that joke. No. Just, uh, no, I don't want the internet anyway, to hear this. No, it's, I mean, it's happening. <laughs> um, there's a great scene where Michael, the nice black firefighter, is trying to give... Kirk Cameron advice and also in the time that we see him with his wife once again it seems like they fuck like Kirk Cameron yep. and, like Kirk Cameron and his wife just don't seem like they fuck at all but um he they give, don't even kiss he gives Kirk Cameron some great advice and then Kirk Cameron says don't abuse your privilege to speak freely to me <laughs> Don't abuse your privilege to speak freely to me, Black subordinate, <laughs> my employee, my worker, person who I pay. How dare you? <laughs> Firefighters have a union, right? I think so. I would assume so, because they get pensions and things. Good. Um, I'm looking at a lot of stuff a lot of my notes oh <laughs> mm, what when he hurts his hand and he gets seen by the doctor who is like politely trying to court his wife the doctor says you need to take the ring off or you know it's gonna get affected by the swelling and then Kirk Cameron says <laughs> Kirk Cameron refuses and then later he's like my ring finger's feeling a whole lot better while he's curling his hand into a fist by the way <laughs> uh, the thing about it is is that in the classic Bradley Cooper directorial film <laughs> directorial debut a star is born mm-hmm when 
comrade Lady Gaga punches the cop. <laughs> And he takes her and he takes her to uh, the pharmacy or the little mini mart. He takes her rings off and then puts peas, iced peas on her hands because you're supposed to take the fucking rings off or your hand won't heal properly. No, but you see, marriage is more important than medicine. You know, God put marriage before health Mm -hmm. or something. Because that's what God wants. He doesn't want you to take off the magic ring. <laughs> I feel really bad. The ring wants to be found. <laughs> uh, it really upsets me that this movie was popular. And I remember being in like lit class and shit. And people being like, mm, uh, have you seen Fireproof? Like <laughs> people really wanted me to see Fireproof. It was playing at the theater. This was hyped then. This was hyped where I was from. Yeah. Hmm. And it's a shame that I watched it. And there is absolutely. It's a shame that I watched it. There is absolutely nothing <laughs> to like about this except for Wayne. Wayne is awesome. <laughs> and again, the movie just hates him. And it's a shame I mean, the movie just, like, clearly wants you to set up this dichotomy of, like, you know, Virgin Wayne versus Chad Kirk. And... I... It's... It's some some wild shit. Like, obviously, you should not watch Fireproof. And I wish that I had more to say about it in terms of the film, but it's really just... Like, even from a plot perspective, it doesn't really work because it's just like a guy avoiding his wife. And when he's not avoiding her, he's abusing her and he's yelling at everybody that's giving him good advice. And everybody knows better than him. And his wife wants to get a divorce for most of the movie. And it is very sad that she does not get her wish. No, but you see, he does a good thing by taking all the money that he saved for his dumb boat and giving it to her parents' hospice care. Which is, you know, also in keeping with, you know, Kirk Cameron's theology. It is, if you have money, it's good to accumulate a lot of money so you can do things with it. It's coded prosperity gospel, again. By the way, have you seen Maggie Mae Fish's video about Fireproof? No. Uh, Maggie Mae Fish, uh, very good videos. She does YouTube. She has a whole, like, little mini-series about different Christian films. You love that train sound? Yep, that's a train. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Maggie Mae Fish, check her out on YouTube. She's covered Fireproof. She's also covered Saving Christmas. And she has uh, some really good perspectives on it. Mm, yes. Uh, I And I, I feel bad that we didn't spend much time talking about the wife, which is uh, who is played by um, Aaron. Last name, Bethy, Aaron Bethy. Yeah. Uh, I, I feel really bad for her. The wig that she wears is really unfortunate. The part that she plays is really unfortunate. Mm-hmm. This is an abusive relationship and also like <laughs> But it's fine because he finds God and you know seeks the light of the Lord and that makes everything okay. I would say 
track down no ordinary love and if you have trouble finding it i'm gonna put some information in the description so that you can reach out to the director uh or whoever's in charge of it maybe the publicist because i do think and i really hope it gets distribution i worry that no ordinary love won't like it doesn't even have it's not even on Letterbox, which is why it took so long for me to figure out, remember the name, because it's not on Letterbox. But because it's feminist and Christian at the same time, I think that it's going to be very hard for it to find a home. And I met the director at Indie Memphis. She's a super nice, like, really, like, adorable Southern Black woman. And I really, um, and she really cares a lot about the movie. She really like champions it and i think it deserves attention because it refutes the work of the kendrick brothers in a way that i find to be very relatable and also the filmmaking is so much better <laughs> uh so <laughs> so any final thoughts on fireproof do not give the Kendrick brothers your money, please. They are bad. And if we do War Room, which I just can't imagine, War Room essentially has almost the same plot as this, except it's from the wife's perspective, uh -huh. which you would think would make it better. But mm, I would say try to look for christian content like the film that i mentioned earlier higher ground no ordinary love which is directed by china robinson um china with a y uh just look for christian content that actually challenges you because that's what film is supposed to do it's supposed to challenge you and fireproof is not challenging it is the status quo and it's a bad status quo yeah and you know it's it, it's really harmful and abusive like it's it's so hard to like make a lot of jokes about it because it's just it's really bad and because i saw a christian film recently that directly refutes this movie that seems to exist just to point out that this movie is wrong about everything <laughs> and i agree with it so i would say check that out please do not support kurt cameron <laughs> He is. I mean, if you were already doing that, I mean, stop. Yeah. I can't imagine there's a huge overlap between the audience of this podcast and Kirk Cameron. Fans, I hope though. not. He is a monster. His character in this movie is a monster. I fully believe that this character is based on him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, yeah. So. He is playing himself. I, you know, Christians deserve good things, too especially Christians that actually actively want to make the world better and make art that makes the world better. The Kendrick brothers are not those people. So do not support them. Also prosperity gospel is a sham. <laughs> it's, it's a scam. I said sham, didn't I? It is a sham and a scam. It's a sham scam. <laughs> do not give these people your money. Please it will don't. not get you into heaven. No, we had a whole religious schism about people paying money to get into heaven. We don't need to do this again. <laughs> no, we don't. Um, yeah. So updates. We will be doing a live show on January 23rd at Union Hall as part of the Brooklyn Podcast Festival. 
And you should very much, you know, if you're in New York, you should come. Yeah, Union Hall is a really great venue. Yeah. It's a really nice nice place. It's Um, very fancy for us. Um, Our theme song is performed by Clutch Douglas, a lovely Seattle band. The song is called 58008. Uh, Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bad Romance Pod. Make Wait, sure the song is called Boobs? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Um, Excellent. Okay. <laughs> at Bad Romance Pod. You can find us at badromancepod at libsyn.com. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts. Please rate and subscribe. Um, Support us on Patreon. We're also on Spotify. Yes, we're on Patreon. Yeah, patreon.com slash bad romance pod. We have, you know, some tiers for the eight dollar tier. You get our bonus podcast in the smut where we talk about erotic thrillers. We just released an episode where we talked about Sliver. We've got some other films on the docket. We're gonna be doing Swim Fan, Wicker Park. Um, a third one that I can't think of right now, but we'll be doing it. And we're still recapping every season of how i met your mother on a little podcast called the pineapple incident and you need to be pledging eight dollars a month to be able to get that content and eventually we will finish with the pineapple incident and do something that we actually like which will be our sex in the city side podcast so yeah i've been uh watching uh how i met your mother with you on and off it is grueling it is it is one of the worst shows that used to be one of my favorite shows, and I'm highly embarrassed. So, once again, don't watch Fireproof. Have a great holiday, whatever you celebrate. Happy holidays, everyone. If you don't like the holiday season, please enjoy your solitude. You deserve it. It's been a long year. I'm Jordan Searles. I'm Kyle Calvin. Bye. Let's dump this drug. Oh, yeah. Back it up, back it up.